Welcome everybody to this session of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Hazel Riambilio. She is a Digital Marketing Manager at MKAI. Welcome Hazel. Hi Rocket, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on my show and uh, let's kick it off with telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, well I am the Digital Marketing Manager at MKAI just like what you said. Uh, personally, on the personal side, I'm a single mom of a five-year-old, <laughs> and um, I am actually based in the Philippines. Um, MKAI is uh, global, so <laughs> most of the leadership team are situated in different parts of the globe. I am the one who's in the Philippines. <laughs> That's so interesting. I didn't realize because um, MKAI stands for Milton Keynes um, AI, right? And I somehow placed you somewhere in the UK. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's what my profile on linkedin actually says that i'm uh, situated in the uk but yeah I, i'm based in the philippines mm -hmm. uh, and yeah you're right milton mki stands for milton king's artificial intelligence um that's because milton king's is where mki was born and mm -hmm. richard foster fletcher mki's chair and founder um is from milton king's but mm -hmm. As, as you know, it's a global community. We have over 300 um, community members, all situated in different parts of the globe. So, yeah. Okay, great. So um, maybe tell me a little bit about how you came to be a digital marketing manager. Tell me a little bit about your school life, your education, your background. Okay, actually, <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Um, I am a journalist by profession. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a published author, mm -hmm. so I've been writing mm -hmm. since right out of high school. Um, and my first job was as a correspondent for a local newspaper in the Philippines, in my province in the Philippines. And, um, you know, as technology started evolving and um, as, you know, offshore jobs became more available mm -hmm. to uh, different countries, I grabbed that opportunity because uh, my life as a journalist was being being a woman in the journalism industry can be how should I say this um, daunting you know in a sense yeah. uh, especially since I am not one of those big big journalists I was not one of those big big journalists I was a journalist for a provincial newspaper and so I just found myself in harm's way a lot of times mm -hmm. and my dad uh, at that time was very much worried because I was too far from home mm -hmm. and he just you know started complaining about how he worried about me all the time and um, so I got harassed most of the time I was 19 I was very young mm -hmm. uh, so I got harassed most of the time and so I decided, yeah, why not try um, offering offshore services? I started as a virtual assistant, uh, first as an executive assistant. Uh, I was doing data entry jobs uh, and I was writing on the side. And uh, I just decided, yeah, you know what? I, I think I, it's time for me to like upskill. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of self-studying. I attended seminars, I 
attended or got into short courses mm -hmm. until uh, digital marketing became big. So that's how I got into digital marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my skills uh, is social media marketing. So that's how I, I, I got into, uh, into this profession. Mm -hmm. How I got into AI field is an altogether different story because uh, that's, I think this is one of the things that I'm most proud of about MKAI because of its inclusivity and the diversity, how it welcomes people from all walks of life. When I was interviewed for the job at MKAI, I, uh, I was approached. I didn't, I did not apply. I was approached by, by Richard. He found me on LinkedIn and uh, he said, uh, are you interested? You know, we need a digital marketing manager. And being a digital marketing person, I said, yeah, why not? I, I know how to do it. But when he said that, okay, this is the name of, of the, the organization. It's MKI, Milton Keynes Artificial Intelligence. I was like, oh, hang on. I'm not into artificial intelligence. And uh, I'm not into this field. And he just said, you know, but you, you know how to do digital marketing. And I said, yeah. So, you know, no one is an expert in anything. Just give it a try. So I did. I took that leap of faith, as they say. Mm -hmm. And um, like a few weeks into it, I got hooked into AI. And I'm not an expert. I'm, you know, very much far from it. But it's very, it's a very interesting field. And I like it. I love it. Mm -hmm. This is such an interesting story on so many levels. So the first thing um, I wanted to address was that you said um, being a journalist was a difficult field for a woman. And now you're in tech, which a lot of people think are is a difficult field for women. So, but obviously there's a lot of places in this world that are difficult for women to, to sure. work in, right? And I found it a little scary that you said that your dad was worried all the time. Yes. Uh, he was worried all the time. I think because, uh, you know, here in the Philippines, we are in a third world country. And being in the province, far from the metro, uh, it could be very much like, you know, uh, cultures are very much different, mm -hmm. uh, very much backward in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and women were not, especially in the 90s, because I'm talking about the 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, women were not regarded as they are now in my country. Uh, we were like, not really the second class citizens, but uh, we were still regarded as the weak, weaker sex, yeah. you know? And um, men, especially uh, men in power, mm -hmm. felt that, you know, because they are in power, they have the authority, they can just get any woman that they wanted. So mm -hmm. that was very much how it was for me back in mm -hmm. in those days and it was scary uh yeah. because you know you, you just don't feel safe all the time uh someone would walk in to the office ask for me and tell me hey you know um someone this politician wanted wants to talk to you or wants to have a date with you and you know that politician is married you know things like that those things yeah. Yeah. happen to me um it was, you know, at first I thought I could handle it, mm -hmm. but there was so much pressure. Uh, I got a lot of indecent proposals, uh, maybe because I was young at that time and they probably, they thought I was naive and, you know, mm -hmm. 
I think it's so, a combination, yeah. It's a combination of, of seeing, you know, these were people you're talking about politicians who had power and felt that they could get what they want anyway. And you being a young woman made it even, you know, easier for them to try to pressure you. So this is a, a very bad situation. And um, I'm wondering, were you sad about having to stop being a journalist? I mean, because obviously this is something you wanted to be. Yes, uh, I have to be honest, it's sad. Um, even until now, you know, I have not regrets, but I have like what ifs in my mind. But then again, thinking about it, whenever I process these things that happened to me, uh, I start to be thankful for the decisions that I made as well, because it's also because of those experiences that brought me to being a women and children's rights advocate. Because aside from Aside from being a digital marketing manager at MKI, I'm also a women and children's uh, rights advocate here in my country. So uh, it's all good, you know. You more, tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> okay. Um, how should I say this? I, I started um, advocating for women uh, when I published my book. Uh, my, my book is about child sexual abuse. I, I think this is the interesting part of the story. Um, uh, my, my book is about childhood sexual abuse. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And I didn't find my voice until I was in my mid-30s. Uh, that's when I started writing the book. Because um, I noticed that the trauma started manifesting at a later stage in my life. And one of the therapists that I talked to said, you know, you could journal it. And so I started journaling and it turned into a book. And when I published, um, I started speaking for um, in universities and colleges and even in um, local government units uh, to talk about um, our rights as women um, here in the Philippines, how many, how so many of us women don't realize that we have these rights you know we can we can fight for for our rights like for example if they are victims of, of domestic violence um there's always a choice to leave uh but then again you're in i think this is not just exclusive to the philippines i think this is everywhere sometimes uh the big reason that victims of domestic violence cannot leave is because of their lack of financial independence especially yeah. if they have children and so one of my advocacies is you know educating women um on how they can find financial freedom whether they're just at home or you know they can start looking for ways to upskill that's one thing they have to learn skills that could help them Mm -hmm. um earn here and there you know no matter how small if if you have your own money you're not you're not a slave so to speak to you're not dependent yeah mm -hmm. okay you're not dependent to your husband so or your partner so mm -hmm. that's one of the things that i'm advocating for and another is um educating children all genders mm -hmm. educating children you know on how to tell when it's a touch or uh, you know a word is abusive or not but of course this should be age appropriate um, mm -hmm. once like for example my five-year-old 
she knows that um, no one can touch her, you know, uh, wear whatever it is that covers her when she wears a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. No one can touch her on those parts. Yeah. Um, except mommy, except mommy, because, you know, mommy needs to help her out with, with things like that. But mm -hmm. if it's, you know, if it's uncle or neighbor or cousin, they cannot touch her. They have to be age appropriate. So these are the things that I'm trying to advocate for. Yeah. This is such a strong story because I also realized that being in that situation as a journalist, as a young journalist and being continually sexually harassed must have been quite traumatic actually with your history. Yes. This makes it even worse that you had to, to endure this as, as a young woman. So I, I must say I am very impressed on, on that you managed to get yourself out of that situation and also that you are now capable of, of helping others um, in this situation. So thank you for that. So You're yeah. welcome and thank you. That's just, uh, and it's such a horrific situation, really, that there are so many women, especially in third world countries. I also grew up in a third world country in Nigeria. So, of course, um, if you are a woman and you are de financially dependent on your husband, you have to endure a lot of things that you might not have to endure if you were living in, in Europe and had some social security system. And even here, a lot of women stay with abusive men. Exactly. That's true. Uh, I, I think that what really is what really could empower us women is when we have the skills and we have the means to earn uh, on our own that's why when i married my ex-husband when he said you know what i can take care of you you don't have to work a day in your life mm -hmm. i was like no i'm going to work i never stopped working since yeah. i was 19 i've been working because i just felt that someday I'm going to beat it. And I was right. Yeah. And it's also you're relinquishing power if you let someone take care of you. It sounds comfortable and nice, but in the end, what you're doing is handing over power to someone. That's true. Exactly. And, you know, manipulative behavior, uh, you know, pre predators, abusers are like that. They try to, you know, take power away from you one by one, little by little until you're fully dependent on them. And so that's when a real abuse starts to happen, you know, that's when you start feeling it, you know, you, you can get verbally or physically abused, even sexually abused. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So true, and coming and, and talking about your financial independence. So um, you said the United went into, into this offshore um, business um, space. Yeah. And um, I feel that I mean, we can say a lot about globalization and how it has been detrimental to some people and how it maybe um, reduces the, the income for some people, but obviously it's also an opportunity for people to get in, um, to create uh, money and material wealth. Uh, if you are located in a specific country, you still have access to this global community now to make your living, right? Yes. So, please go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, uh, it's something that we cannot avoid with how technology is evolving every day. Uh, you know, uh, there was a time in my life when I said, okay, uh, the marketplace is no longer just within the bounds of my country. We, mm -hmm. we are crossing boundaries. We are crossing geographies and uh, 
it's it's a good thing because it means growth not just for one country but growth for everyone and um i think it's also a good thing to be exposed to different cultures because of it's part of educating ourselves it's part of you know just you know growing our own horizons yeah exactly it's expanding your mind uh, to to other cultures and and other ways of seeing the world too um and then the third thing that stuck out to me was how Richard approached you and asked you to become a digital marketing manager for MKI, and which is quite an amazing thing. Um, and, and also brings me to the topic of sponsorship, because I also had a couple of, of points in my life where people approached me to do jobs I personally didn't feel I was competent for, but they believed I could do that. And it's such a powerful thing to experience, right? Oh, yes. Um, when Richard told me that, I felt, you know, I felt motivated and I felt, okay, here's this guy. At that point in time, he was a stranger. I'm a total stranger to him. And yet he believed in me. So who am I to not believe in myself? I think I should be the first person to believe in myself, right? So I said, okay, I took on the challenge. And yeah, it, it's, you know started from there it, it's a nice feeling to know that someone believes in you even mm -hmm. you know they've only spoken to you for like 30 minutes mm -hmm. and they already know the things that you can do they already believe in you and uh, it's i think it's because of that that i also started to strive uh towards you know achieving more and doing more and contributing more to um the mki community which, by the way, the community is actually a fun place to be with. Uh, it, it's it's a great community of people from you know from different uh, countries, different walks of life. Not everyone is an AI enthusiast, but I mean, not everyone is an AI expert, but everybody loves learning more. So it's it's a good place you know to be in. Yes, and you said that you started uh, working and then you got hooked on AI. What do you find interesting about artificial intelligence? Actually, uh, what I find interesting about artificial intelligence basically is AI ethics. I'm more interested in this one, AI ethics, because when I started um, like studying what, what we're doing, that's when I realized that, hey, yeah, we need diversity, we need inclusivity, um, you know, we need to be fair, uh, and we need to be sustainable, because, uh, you know, it's not just a few people's lives that depend on it, but actually everyone's, everyone's future depends on it. Mm -hmm. And being a social media marketing person, uh, I... I also realized the dangers of having so much digital footprints. And so, yeah, that, that, that's what got me hooked into, into this field. Uh, it's realizing the need for, you know, fairness, for diversity and inclusivity. Like you just said that you grew up in Nigeria. And, you know, um, on a, last October 5, I spoke, um, I was one of the speakers in, um, in a local college here in the Philippines. It was um, an event sponsored by MKAI and we talked about ethical AI. You know, uh, it, it was an, such an eye-opener to realize that so many 
college students in this country, they don't realize, you know, the dangers mm -hmm. of putting out so much data out there. Mm -hmm. And it's also because of knowing what I know now that I have become more like, I've become more discerning about the data that I put out there. Like, for example, I'm a Rotarian. Uh, I'm a new Rotarian. And uh, recently they asked me for my complete address. They said they're they're going to put it up on the website. And Ooh. I was like, hang on. <laughs> and they said, oh, no, you know, it's just the members who can access it. But I don't know everyone's, I don't know all of the members of, of Rotary from all over the world. So I was, I was very... You know, I was like, I'm sorry, you know, I can't give my complete address to you, even if it's for the club. Yeah. So you just become more aware of these things. You just yeah. become more, you know, discerning. I totally agree with you. I do see all these topics, especially around ethics of uh, artificial intelligence. This could be a talk for an hour, but since it's such a big topic, I'm, I'm not going to in, go into that right now. I think uh, we could actually have a discussion about it, like a discussion panel with other people, because I find this to be a really fascinating subject. Um, but uh, we only have half an hour and we're nearly on top of that, unfortunately. So um, yeah, time has flown. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i just want to to talk to you about a couple of other things as well obviously you have had such an interesting life you have had different careers you came into tech um, or artificial intelligence by chance um do you feel that this is a space you would recommend to women to go into definitely women are so much needed in this space please come <laughs> I'm inviting all the women to please, you know, uh, engage in this space. Uh, this is also why MKAI has the women in MKAI forums because we wanted to reach out to as many women as possible because we wanted them, um, you know, to be included because we want to close the gender gap. And mm -hmm. um, we're talking about ethical AI. And I, I believe, we believe that uh, one of the ways that we can like push ethical AI and really achieve the, the things that we are advocating for in the AI space is by first closing the gender gap and including everyone, you know, from, from different cultures, minority, majority, whatever it is, from everyone, just include everyone. And, you know, just it, it's so important that we achieve that in mm -hmm. order to truly uh, you know, reach that uh, level of, you know, having ethical AI and, you know, we, we could be all benefit from it. I agree. But apart from the fact that we need this to, to create a more inclusive technology, which is a big thing, um, in terms of the point of view of the woman who joins, what is her, her benefit of working in tech? I mean, I have my ideas why I like uh, to, to work in tech, but what you feel is the upside for women joining? Well, uh, if you're one who likes challenges, this is a good space mm -hmm. because it's a very challenging space. AI is, you know, it could be healthcare, you know, AI is everywhere. It's all mm -hmm. around us in all different fields. So you can be a lawyer, you can be a psychologist, you can, you know, you can be an engineer and, you know, it's AI is 
everywhere, you know, it's for everyone. So this space is, is very interesting for women because of the challenges that we have every day. You know, you learn so much from it. Plus, um, aside from learning so much from it, you also get to realize, you know, it's empowering. It's empowering because it's a male-dominated space, right? And to be here, to be included here, uh, it's empowering. It, it, it for for a woman like me, especially me, who has really no no tech background, mm-hmm. I feel that uh, being included and being received and being welcomed warmly by the men, it kind of uh, removes the the misconception mm-hmm. you know there's a misconception that the space is just for men but it's really not yeah. women are needed and even the men themselves they say it we need women you mm-hmm. know and not for anything else but because they need our help you know yeah yeah <laughs> i agree this is all so true so um we both want more women to join the tech space be it ai or other fields in tech um so if you had a young woman who was setting out on a career nowadays what would you recommend her or what tips would you give her on her journey okay uh one of the things that i advised college students um at Mabalakat city college when i spoke Uh, at the webinar was that you go ahead and pursue what you want to like like you wanted to be a doctor you want to be a nurse or you want to be a teacher go ahead and pursue that uh, but also open your doors for technology embrace technology Mm -hmm. and uh, you know aside from embracing it keep learning from it because the future is you know (laughs) it's all about technology in the future so yeah yeah, they they need it yeah also very true so thank you hazel thank you for talking to me and sharing your awesome story with us (laughs) you're welcome thanks bye